Well, hello, my loves. How are you? How are you? I am so excited to have you all here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. Uh, I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the program. Uh, and if we've never met before, uh, I'm just so excited to have you here. So let me just give you a little summary. So here, dear matchmaker, my goal is to provide you with tools and uh, greater clarity and understanding to be a more empowered dater, to help you gain that clarity so that you can enhance connection and find your forever person. And part of that Part of the way that I do that is by having incredible guests on the show. And listen, I this is probably one of my most favorite interviews ever. And it's one of those opportunities where, because I I get emailed, you know, several by several different people asking me to come onto the show. And I her assistant reached out to me and when I saw who she was, I could not have her on this show. And I want you to do me a solid. So if you listen to this episode, uh, her and I were brainstorming after we were done recording about a possible opportunity. So, but you got to get through the episode first. So I want you to get through the episode. I want you to get through the interview. And at the end of the interview, I'm going to ask you a question, but you got to listen to it first. So, um, but before I dive into today's interview and, and welcoming our guest, uh, let me just remind you that that Dear Matchmaker is a labor of love. So it's brought to you by my agency, theheartagency.com, where I offer matchmaking, dating coaching, singles events, image consulting, and so much more. Uh, and if you are wanting to learn more about my services, you can always go to theheartagency.com or you can just send me an email. Or if you're listening to this podcast and you just have a question, you can just find me on social media at Kat Cantrell, send me a message in my DMs. I'm happy to answer any of your questions. Or if it's a question that I can bring here on air, I will, of course, bring it here to all of you because. I feel like if someone has a question, I promise you that there's more than one of you out there who has the same question. So um, yeah, I would love to bring it to your ear. So if you have any questions, just bring them to me. You can send me a message um, at Kat Cantrell and I would love to help you as you all know. Okay. Drum roll. I am so excited to introduce introduce my special guest, Linda. And Linda Clemens... Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm just going to dive into her bio and you're going to be like, what? So Lisa Clemens is a charismatic speaker, no doubt. And more than three decades experience helping clients boost their sales. As a nonverbal communications expert, she provides sales and leadership teams with an awareness of how body language can improve performance and outcomes. And in fact, at the end of this episode, she predicted my body language. So you'll have to listen. She's based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Linda's the CEO of Sisterpreneur Inc., an organization that educates and empowers female entrepreneurs to become successful and reach their goals through self-empowerment and entrepreneurial training. Linda is a body language expert trained and certified in analytic interviewing and statement analysis. 
which is trademarked, a process used to detect deception. We didn't go into that today. Sorry. Uh, she's an award-winning record-setting sales producer, as well as one of the top sales trainers of the world. Utilizing her multifaceted skills, Linda has generated over $2 billion sales for her clients in the hospitality, travel, and luxury lifestyles industry industries. Linda has opened for or shared the stage with such notables as Oprah Winfrey, President Barack Obama, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, Secretary of State um, Dr. Condoleezza Rice, and former SEC Chair Mary Jo White. Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, it is such an incredible honor um, bring Linda to your ears where her and I just talk about body language, about what you can do on that first date and basically how to be a better dater. Uh, and I'm just so excited to share her with all of you. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Linda Clemens to Dear Matchmaker. Linda, Linda Clemens, I, what an incredible honor to have you here on Dear Matchmaker. I am so excited for this conversation. I've been so looking forward to it. Uh, and I am just so excited to share your expertise with my listeners. Um, body language is actually something that comes up a lot in my work for all the obvious reasons. And uh, I just am so incredibly honored to have you here. So welcome to Dear Matchmaker. Thank you so much. And I'm excited. I'm so excited. I've been like yelling. I'm going to so I'm excited about being here and also sharing with your audience. And I love the subject of what you do as mm. the relationship coach. So I'm excited about this again. Thank you. No, yes, it's my honor. Uh, so let I, what I love to do with my guests is kind of just because everybody, especially um, for experts that are in a specific field, it always starts, there's always some incredible story that leads them into this work, into what they do. So why don't, I would love to, whatever you would love to share with my audience, I would love to know a little bit about how did you, how did you, cause you're not just a body, you're just not a body language expert. There's a lot to you. So, um, please feel free to share, uh, you know, what brought you into this work a little bit about you so that we can get to know you. Absolutely. So first of all, Kat, I've been doing this for over four decades. So oh my gosh. If, if, if they, if, if your audience can see me, they're going to think, there's no way, there's no way. And um, I've been doing it for a long, long time. I've been in sales all of my life. So I'm also a sales expert. So here's what took place. I was the number one candy seller in my school. And I'm telling you this because, you know, I had a goal. Uh, my why was so big. I wanted to win a bike. But it was during my little journey as a youngster that when I would knock on doors to sell candy, I knew at an earlier age that I would get a certain response, a nonverbal response, when someone would say yes, and a nonverbal response when someone would say no. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I can almost anticipate. So here's what takes place. It is built in us, in our brain. It's part of our limbic system. It's part of the amygdala. Cat, you know, if you're out on a date and your audience, if you meet someone, you get that feeling, this is the right one. But also you think it, mm, the package looks good, but something's not right. So you'll know that that's the thing that's built into us to protect us. So moving fast forward, I began to master that skill from a young age to becoming the top producer 
a record setting producer at every company that I worked for. And then later on, I decided I'm about to take it to the next level. I want to be the Oprah at what I do. I want to be the Jordan at what I do. I want to be the best at what I do. So I enrolled in a course live over 80 hours in the mountains that was uh, conducted by retired FBI, CIA, ATF agents, and pretty much designed for those that might have a military intelligence background or would need that kind of training. I petitioned several times to get in. They weren't going to let me in because I didn't have that background. The head of the organization even changed the direct phone number so that I couldn't, you know, because I was driving them nuts. Because I was a skip tracer in my earlier years, I found them. Then they gave me a price so crazy. And I said, here's my credit card. Now, here's what it did for me. It gave context and distinctions for what it is that I do. And it took me to a whole nother level. That used to be a show on the Fox Network called Lie to Me. And a couple of the, the, uh, uh, the late Maureen O'Sullivan, not the actress, but the psychologist. I have the honor to be trained by her. Have the honor to be trained by J.J. Newberry. I have the honor of being in some of the best rooms and brilliant people to get that hands-on training and mentoring. But it's something that we already have. So I decided I'm going to take it to the next level. It's not good enough. I want to take it to the next level. So for 15 years... I watch television with the sound off. See, look at you. Yeah. Now your body language would like, whoa, I'm taken aback, which is like a wow. And so I began to see things. And this is a challenge that I want to give your audience, a little homework yeah. to take your favorite movie you've seen several times mm -hmm. and watch it with the sound off. You will observe things. You will see things, Cat that you never noticed before. And that's what makes it so powerful. So in addition to having uh, trained in analytical interviewing, certified in that, and having the credentials in real time, man, it goes back and it has helped me be the top producer in every company that I worked for. And just to let your audience know, I have my own company, had my own company for over 30 years now. However, because it gave me that extra what do you call it? I don't want to say extra sense, uh, but it gave me that extra edge because I was able, and I'm going to use one of my favorite quotes. I'm going to clementize it. Okay. Clementize it. And it goes like this by Emerson. I love that. Cannot hear what you're saying because who you are being is getting in the way. So that allows, see, so it's like my, my, my granny would say, baby, I hear you talking, but I don't see you walking. And we've heard phrases like this action speaks louder than words. So if your words and your tone and your nonverbal are not congruent, that's the thing that sends the mixed messages. Mm. And that's why it's so important in dating because so many men and so many women, oh, you're looking for your ideal person. You're looking for your prince of shining armor. You're looking for your queen. You're looking for all of that. But the first thing you want to do is what qualities that you possess that you want to see in someone else because then you're able to recognize it. Sometimes we pick out the thing that we're having challenges with in other people. Mm, so true. <laughs> I don't like the way he does this. I don't like, the way, well, what do you do? You do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, you bring up a really good point when, so 
um, one of the things that I say is that what we're attracted to is what we're familiar with. Um, but with a little bit of a twist, just a little bit of like a mystery or a little bit, something that's a little bit different in somebody. And what I find is that what people are attracted to, isn't necessarily what they're looking for, that the two of them are not aligned. Sometimes they are, but I find that just like kind of, of the same, uh, undertone of what you're saying, like actions speak louder than words. I feel that what people say that they want versus really what it is that they need do not match. And so it's, um, it's interesting to hear you say about how, um, you know, people are seeking out what they lack within themselves, um, or what they don't like about themselves in other people, um, is something that, I never really thought of, but I, I, I could absolutely see that. Yes. And you and I may notice what, what did he do? Oh, the way he does this. So it's, so we have habits that we do that we know that we need to break. And sometimes we want others to pay the guilt bill for it. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) I want them to pay the guilt. I don't like to do this. The guilt bill. I've never heard of that that I coined the guilt bill. And the reason why I used to say to women all the time and to my ladies out there, I'm talking to you fellas, listen up. I used to say to women all the time. Okay. When you find this person, everything that you prayed for, you meditated for, you ask for, then he or she, whoever that may be, does something that reminded you of the person who hurt you. Yes. So my question I always ask, so my friends, it says, why are you bleeding on the person who didn't cut you? Why are you allowing that individual that's coming to your life to pay the bill of the person that hurt you? So now they can do one, two, three little things. There's certain things that men have in common. And then right. you see that and then you cast judgment. And then with your body language, when the person is trying to get close to you, it could be in a first date, second date, whatever. Then all of a sudden he or she may say something that reminded you of the past. And then you close the door. When yes. I say close the door, not just the physical door, right? You close the power zone, which is your heart area. That's when the arms folded. Now you're listening to someone. You're talking to someone with your arms folded. Why is the door closed to your heart? Because now you're guarded. That's right. That's so right. I, I say that a lot where, you know, I'm, everybody has had their own journey that has led them to be, to be in that, you know, to be sitting at that table with the other person on a date, everyone has had their own path, their own journey, their own hurt, their own, uh, they've overcome obstacles in their lives. And I feel like part of what I do and try what part of what I try to teach people is empathy. Like it isn't, it isn't just about you and about what you've been through the person on the other side of the table, men and women, both have been through their own hurt, their own disappointment, their own rejection. And to, I say the same thing, to take what has happened to your relationship in the past and to bring it to this person who's in front of you now is so unfair to that other individual. Absolutely. And you brought up something about empathy. 
Empathy is so critical that even in the nonverbal, if someone is going through something, you may not even have to say a word. The leaning in, the mm -hmm. tilting of the head, the mm -hmm. listening with the ear, the facial data and affirmation of nodding, the eye eyebrow flash of looking up when you're surprised without even saying a word. And empathy is so important. It allows you to put yourself in another person's shoes emotionally, even for just a minute. So my niece was, uh, was teasing me. She just says, oh my gosh, auntie, you're such a big empath. You're such a big empath. Because we were driving and of course uh, there was a squirrel, bless his little heart, that Aww. got hit. Okay, so you did the same thing I did that got hit. And then, but she says, auntie, you just don't go, oh, you create a narrative, a story. I said, what do you mean? She says, auntie, you don't remember when we saw the squirrel, you said, he might've been going to get food for his family. Are they gonna wonder if he's coming back? Wonder if it was the mommy. She said, auntie, who thinks that? I said, that is someone who puts themselves in another person's shoes. So why is that important? When someone is going through something or you've been through something and something comes up in the conversation that may trigger you, you might've got past that, but why not be a gift to the person and help them through it? Because the question I want to ask you of everything that you've been through, the loves, the hurts, the joys, the, 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 the triumphs, whatever, would you trade the journey? Would you trade it? Because you've got to ask yourself, am I going through this life to be better or am I going to be bitter? Mm. And if you go through to be better, then the universe opens up opportunities. Now, why is this important? It's empathy is not just important in relationships. It's important on your job. It's important on your family. So if you imagine what your kid is going through in school, it allows you to say, I remember a time that I was like this and this happened to me. I don't know, has it ever happened to you? Where now they can relate to someone who is just like them because neither the person sitting in front of you is perfect, but guess what? Neither are you. And if we all go into relationships like this, me first, what does that mean? I'm going first to add the greatest value. I'm going first. So my goal, my personal goal, it was so funny over the last 10 years, I've had about four mar marriage proposals. I like my freedom. I like just being, I, I just like, I, it's a whole big world. I just like meeting people and loving on all my new friends and just being there present. So I just believe I have a higher purpose right now. And so right now it's not for me, been there you got a t-shirt to show for it, but it's not for me. So because I'm open to love, I'm open, I become a people magnet or yes. a love magnet because yes. it, it's the inner, and Kat, you know, it's the inner glow yes. and yes. the fire that radiates. Yes. You know that look that you have when you're in love or the look that you have when you just had a wonderful lovemaking session and he was like, what are you doing? It's that glow that you have, especially if it's good. 
It's that glow that you have. So when you begin to put yourself in another person's shoes, here's what it does. You're able to empathize and put yourself in the shoes of your children. What does that do? What is the benefit of that, Linda? They'll open up more and tell you more. You're able to empathize and only imagine what your director, your boss is going through at meeting the year-end budget, the weight that's on their shoulders. Now you're able to add value because you're able to walk in someone else's shoes. And that is one of them. That is the thing, your IQ, you can be a descendant from Einstein. It won't make a difference if your EQ is not higher than your IQ. You got me going, Kat. You're doing this. I am like, you and I are... I love this so much. I, yes, all, all of the things. Yes. Um, I just got goosebumps. Um, so good. So good. So can we talk about first dates? Can we talk about like, so one of the questions that I hear a lot, and this is probably, well, this is for both. This is for both men and women, but, um, you know, I think on a first date, when it, when we're talking about body language and we are presenting ourselves in, you'd, I always say, you always want to start the date on a high note, like bring energy, positive energy into the date, dress like you care, show up like you care, uh, because you want the other person to do the same for you. So show up again, how you want someone else to show up in your life. And what I find is, especially there's a disconnect when people are, they don't know whether or not the person had a good time, right? They don't know whether or not, okay, I had a good time, but did they have a good time and misreading and misunderstanding what that is. And not only that, but here's the true question. I have a lot of men who feel that they friend zone themselves on a first date where women will walk away and go, oh, it's, um, you know, I could see us as being friends, but I just don't see this going anywhere. And I feel that, and call me out, I feel that if the man presents himself that he finds her attractive, that he maybe like leans in, like there's certain nonverbal cues that a man can do to, uh, you know, to let her know that he's into her, he finds her attractive and vice versa, that she can do the same. Um, do you find that that's like, I mean, what's your, what is your advice on that? Or what is your take on that? You're on the right road. So just imagine you have this wonderful guy that's sitting in there and there's something about him that you like, but however you feel that maybe he's just, he'd be good as a friend. So you got to ask yourself, why is that? Is it deep down that we want a bad boy, but one in a great container? So you got to ask yourself that. Is it something about him? Because remember your first love for many women as young ladies was the male figure in their life. And for most, it was the father. If you had a great relationship with your father, if your father treated treated your mother like a queen or royalty. So that is your blueprint that you have of the first man in your life when you were baby looked up. So we look at those things. If you did not have that connection and you'll see famous actresses that are constantly remarrying over and over again, there's yes. certain kind of disconnect. And then you'll find out they didn't have the relationship of solid grounding with their father. So here is the thing. 
one of the things that you want to do is to send a little signal. It's so strange that you're asking this because I have a, if I can mention it, I have yes. a, 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 a body language course for dating on the Mind Valley platform that's going crazy in Europe. They're they're loving it. So it's body language for dating. So fantastic. Need to do to make sure that, you know, the call and response and the call and response is not just like this. So do you like me? No, not the verbal. It's with the body language where you're leaning in. Okay. And you're having the soft voice when you're asking the caress voice, when you're asking the question, and perhaps you are genuinely and authentically complimenting him on something, or you're laughing at a joke, genuinely authentic. Now, and watch this. Men love it when we laugh at their jokes. Oh, they love that. But watch this. Am I leaning in and I'm acknowledging something that he said? Wow, that's brilliant. Men want to be brilliant. That's brilliant. I love what you said. And can you consider this? And then I'm, and then I'm leaning in. By the way, voice off. I go into my Marilyn Monroe and I say, because I'm taking it in, that wow, I really love that. And I thank you for that. Now, what if he doesn't respond? So, because naturally his shoulders would get softened, he'll lean in. If his hand is on the table, safe touch, safe touch with permission, just touch the top of his forehead says, oh my God. So you're anchoring, that's a psychological anchor. Oh yes. my God, I just, I just love what you just said. If he doesn't move, then he's not responding. He's not connecting to you in that way. Mm -hmm. So you may think that he may be great as a friend, but how do you know he didn't already thought that about you? And now his body language is revealing it. So yes. when you begin to build rapport, rapport is critical, the initial four to eight seconds, because it takes, they say four to seven, four to eight seconds to make a great first impression. But no one ever tells you what happens after the eight seconds. What happens after the eight seconds or seven seconds, whatever your data shows, what happens after that is that the individual is trying to validate in their brain, the amygdala, part of the brain, if you are friend or foe. Mm. So make sure you're not too good to be true. It was cat too good to be true. So they're still analyzing this because they're being judged you're being judged. So you're still in that very critical, let's say fragile state, that's still approval, safe state. And that's why when we start laughing, we start connecting. When we build rapport, we start connecting. We, we start sharing, what was your highlight for the day? What was your biggest aha for the day? What was your biggest win for the day? Now I can fist bump, depends where you're at. I can high five you. I can say way to go so I can initiate first touch. And that's just finding the right language to unlock the right movement. You bring up something that I, so I'm a firm believer that first impressions are like, again, how you present yourself. And when you go to meet this person for the first time, and this is with everything, this is with networking, this is with I mean, even like podcasting, you and I meeting for the first time, like it's, it is super, you do have to really pay attention to how you show up and how you, how you connect within the, within those first moments. But I've had people tell me, and I'm wondering if you have the same viewpoint I do. I, 
I've had people tell me that they just know whether or not it's going to be an absolute yes or an absolute no within the first two minutes. Do you, do you believe in that? So I'm going to say this, whatever you think about comes about the thing that you think on the longest becomes the strongest. So I'm going to say that right there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you also what my granny would say, baby, whatever you're looking for, you'll probably find it. So the moment that you're thinking that it's not going to work just because you looked at someone and judged somebody, your brain is going to seek out the information to validate it. Yes. What happens if you come into the club, the restaurant, wherever we're meeting, and then all of a sudden you just happen to walk in and the timing and you see me do this cat, watch this. I'm taking the phone and I go, and then you see that movement. You walk in on that. You're judging me off that. I don't have time to recall. You have no idea what just happened on that phone. So to, you can tell I'm getting passionate about this. So to your wonderful audience, listen up. For every emotion, for every emotion that you see or witness, there's gonna be some kind of motion. So when a little kid doesn't wanna eat his broccoli, what does he do? No, there's the motion. You know, when you are upset with your partner and he or she tries to kiss you and you're still in the upset moment, what do you do with your body language? You move away. So hold on to that. For every emotion, there's emotion. But Mm -hmm. here's what I want you to remember before you go into prejudgment. For every emotion, there's emotion. And here's your money. There's a story attached to it. Yeah. Ah. So before I walk in and judge, oh, okay, I may be the one to to melt the ice. If the person is cold, if the person just got fired, if the person ever, before you judge, judge ye not that you be judged. So before you judge, then when you see them and that you notice ahead, this is what I will be wearing. I'll be wearing green or gray or blue or red or power color, whatever that may be. And the moment that you catch their face, even if the mood is solemn or indifferent or whatever, the moment that you catch their face, your eyes face wide open, you do your eyebrow flash, your smile show those pearlies as if no matter how many people in the room, you are the one that I've been looking for. The look can change the emotion in seconds. Mm. That's critical. But if you're coming to the table and you're looking like, okay, something's going on, something's wrong. The moment that you're thinking, remember, the amygdala doesn't know it's the truth brain. Whatever you speak in command is going to do it. Okay, something's wrong, something's wrong. Now it's going to prepare your body for the attack. Now you're coming off that way. Now the person's thinking that about you until now you get into the conversation. And then they just said to you, man, I just got a call. We lost the big deal. I'm so sorry if I did a, oh my gosh, you got, you prejudged and put all that data in. And then because of that, you're thinking the game's over. I'm not going to give my best conversation. I'm not going to give my best me. Look what you did. So always go in looking for the best. And my granny, I think I've got to write a granny book. My granny said, baby, always find the miracle in the mess. And for those of you that are in my age category, if you remember the Cracker Jacks, do you remember Cracker Jack box? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do, do we really want the Cracker Jack? 
Did no. we really? What did we want? We wanted the prize. That's so right. All I'm asking you is to dig for the prize. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. I have, oh my gosh. Okay. So I have this, I, I, I have the saying about, so I'm trying to gather my thoughts. You've got so many, you got so many thoughts going inside. Okay. So I always have this saying where it's the words that we speak become the house that we live in, right? So as we're speaking and we're listening to ourselves, it goes into our subconscious and we as humans don't ever want to be proved wrong. We are consistently looking for information in order to confirm what we believe. And if we go into a date saying to our, you know, starting to say to ourselves, oh, this is a waste of my time. I don't know why I'm here. We're going to prove to ourselves during that date that yes, we're confirming it is a big waste of time. It is, you know, I don't understand why I'm here. Because we start looking for all the red flags and not looking for everything that's fantastic and wonderful about this person. And in fact, I get frustrated because I feel like people don't really understand what red flags are, that there's a difference between having a preference and a person who has behavior that is that constitutes an absolute red flag that you know that might be an issue in the future. But if we lean in and look for everything that's right, versus everything that's wrong because to your point we're not perfect ourselves we've got our own stuff that we're bringing to the table we're not we have our own quirks and icks and all of the things that you know and we expect people to give us grace to give us understanding to give us patience and if you're just constantly on dates to prove to yourself there's no good men there's no good women and all you're doing is dating to prove to yourself that there's no good available people, you're going to seek out opportunities that are going to prove that to you so that you're not wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You hear people say all the time, I don't think this person would be a good one to hire. Now did they this and this and this and that? Oh, see, look what happened. See, he came in late. Oh, she came in late. Well, you know, there was a big accident. They're looking and trying to find things. Why don't you, and I tell folks all the time, why don't you be the individuals who have the opportunity to get in on the investment on the ground opportunity of something? Everyone is easy to say, oh, if I had the chance, I would have invested in Google, Microsoft, all that, but would you? So would you be out in Nevada looking at a desert, nothing but dirt, and somebody says, I see something, I see a dream, I see this, I see, man, on this desert, you may be that kind of person and you have to be aware of that because you will miss all of your opportunities and you will miss the little prize that's at the bottom in the box. So why not be the one that says, look, I'm gonna go into this and I wanna leave it that I know that I've given my 100% to unpack and change someone's life. If that's your only mission, then you're going at it strong. But if you're going out like, oh gosh, because this happened to you today. And lots of times it's a chain of events. You woke up that morning, okay, the coffee was cold. You go outside, the tire's flat. Oh, then you find out the dog on dog needs braces, whatever it may be. The bottom line is you are chain of events. So now you're calling up on it in your life. Be careful what you speak. My friends will tell you all the time. When we go out to restaurants, they tell you, I will get up and leave if 
my friends do this. Oh, I can tell you, it's going to be one of these days. Oh, they're busy in here. The food is not going to be right because I'm telling them when you speak it, you activate it into the universe. And so what happened one time, then the tea was flat. Then the soda was flat. Then the food came out. And I says, you know what? I cannot be around this because karma and the universe may need glasses and I don't want it to come on me. So I want to go that whenever I leave someone, I leave them better than when I walked in the door. What if you did that? What if you do that? That gives you that attraction appeal. There's something about that woman mm, that they would love. Hey, Kat, what we got to do? You, will you say that? Wait, wait, wait. Will you say that again? Say that again. I'm processing that. So leave. Okay, say that again. Okay, oh. so so Kat, when you and I are finished with this interview and your audience is finished listening to this interview, I want them to leave the interview better than when I walked in the door. You may want to thought, you may have thought that I'm okay, I'm feeling okay today. Yeah, I'm gonna go on this blind date. But I want you to leave that you're thinking, I don't know what just happened. Being in the presence of that woman, I feel like I can walk on air. That's why I want people to feel every time I leave their presence. Yes. <laughs> I yes. Uh, you know, it's, um, I always have, I, so when coaching, when coaching people, I always say, you know, don't have an agenda on the date, go into the date saying to yourself, I'm going to make a new connection today. I'm going to meet somebody brand new, no matter what, I'm going to make a connection today. I'm going to meet somebody new, no matter what the outcome is. And to get excited about making that connection, no matter what, no matter what happens. And I feel that, and maybe, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but I feel that we're in a society now where it's all about me. What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? And instead of going into the date going, what is this person going to do for me? Go into the date and say to yourself, okay, what value or what can I do to add to the situation so that it's, so when I do walk away, even though maybe it's not a good fit, I still, like you said, walk away knowing that I showed up, that I presented myself, that I added value, that I had great conversation. Um, and to me, that's always a win, always a win, no matter what the outcome is. But I feel like people are so, what is this person going to do for me? What are they going to do for me? In fact, I used to on my, um, so after every date, my clients get a survey. And in that survey, it lists a bunch of questions because I always have this um, when you walk away from a date, that's like your intuition. It's like your, their core reaction of kind of how you're feeling. And then as time goes on, the brain starts to kick in and kind of, you know, lean it, you know, start to really kind of dissect what the date was all about. But one of the questions I used to have on there was, does this person make me laugh? And I ended up taking it off because it isn't about the person making you laugh. It's, did you, did you laugh together? Did you have a moment together? It's not that the, it's the other person's job to entertain you. It's, did you have a moment together to where you both were laughing? So do you feel that it's connection now is, a, I mean, to talk about people lacking empathy, it's very much more centered about what can this person do for me versus what kind of value or what can we do together? Absolutely. Because now you're on a different kind of hunt. You're on a different kind of chase. 
it's all about me rather than we and what I can add to it. See, that's what's so important. Uh, a friend of mine uh, said to me that you, she said that you're all your exes, like you did something to them. <laughs> I didn't, she said, did you, she said, I know you're always making herbal drinks and stuff like that, but all your exes always say to those of us that went to school with them and know them that says, if I had the chance to do it over again, that one, I would not let it get away. If it, and so when it's, when it's beyond the sex, because here is the thing, you may look fabulous. And I think it was Judge Judy says that beauty fades and dumb is forever. So the fact is you may look <laughs> fabulous and you may look good and you may have all of this going on, but eventually that will take its time. Yeah, there's surgery yes. out there, but that will take its time because what you can't get surgery on is the inner game. You get on the external. You can't get it on the inner game. What does that mean? Are you working on the inner you? What are you doing with the inner size? It says the exercise. What about the inner size? What are you working on you? And here's what happens. It's the way you treat a person and the way you make them feel that they remember. Oh, Word yes. percent of our communication, according to the study by Dr. Maharabi, and the tonality is 38 but nonverbal is 55. When it's all said and done and people are gathered around and they're talking about you, they're going to say things like this. I remember maybe what they've said used to be one of their sayings, but man, I remember how they used to do this and how they made us feel and how they created this. It's the things that you do that lead seeds in the lives of the people that you encounter. And that's how you become immortal. When you are transcended on, but you left something in someone and they're able to share it. So be it something kind, maybe it didn't work out romantically, but it could be the best friend that you can have in your life. You never ever know. So you may not get that second chance to make that great first impression but you've got a great opportunity to make a lasting one, a lingering one that will stay with someone as long as they're able to remember. Even people that are going through um, um, uh, brain conditions, be it dementia, be it Alzheimer's, there was a, it was a, all over the internet, particularly LinkedIn, about a, an aged woman who was in a nursing home, a facility, and she used to be a ballet dancer cat. And you know, mine, they're just coming up. And all of a sudden that they played some footage, you know, she was watching television and they played a, a, a video of her dancing in her earlier years. She looked at it and all of a sudden the movements came about. Mm. So you have no idea the impression that you can leave, the heart that you can touch by being your best loving and giving you and that's critical yeah because it's i uh you know i do part of my work is image consulting so helping and helping people shine on the outside and i i always say it's not that i'm i'm not a makeover show like you're not going to come in and i'm going to completely make over you know make you over to where you don't recognize yourself but I feel that part of my job is helping people shine from the inside out. So once they have done all of that work on the inside, sometimes the outside isn't reflected of that because 
they just need that gentle nudge or that permission or whatever it is in order to get them to that next level. And so it's just with image consulting, it's like, I'm just helping their insides shine outward and maybe helping them explore their fashion to where maybe they never considered putting that on their body, but then having an outside source being like, Hey, try this on. And all the time they're like, I would have never thought of putting something like this on. And it makes me feel fabulous so that it is so that they are a walking um, testimony of who they are both on the inside and out. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't really matter how much you weigh or your body type. If your confidence is there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kat. My granny would say, baby, there's always a lid for a pot. (laughs) There's always a lid out there. That's going to match your pot. It was made that way. So with 8 billion people in the world, there is a lid, honey, for your pot. If your pot is round, if your pot is slender, there is a lid for your pot. And that's what you got to remember. One of the things um, that uh, I have a lot of clients who are doctors, I have a lot of clients, lawyers, uh, that runs the gap, a lot of corporate clients. But what's so interesting, I said to a friend of mine who, she loves going to cosmetic. She gets cosmetic surgery. She wants to look good. And so when I said to her, you know what? You're going to revert back. You're going to go and get the same thing done over and over again. Why do you say that? I said, because if the inside, the brain, is not working, if that's not working right, if the work is not done there, it's gonna revert back. If you are a person that's always angry, always sad, you're gonna have to always get rid of those frown lines, those anger lines, because you're always, because the brain's gonna overrule it. It's gonna overrule it. So that's what keeps the cosmetic surgeons busy. If that inside, and I used to tell all my friends, I say to when I speak before medical association or or any other organization or doctors or cosmetic surgeons, I said, if I were you, if I were you on my staff, you want to put people before the profits, before money, because then you'll profit in the long run. But if I were you, I would have a psychologist on my staff. But why would you say that? Because yes. I, you have them having the conversation as to why that you want to change. I'm not saying enhance. Why do you want to change? Think about this, Kat. How many beautiful actresses you're now? They're now showing the before when you see how beautiful they are, and then when they have the surgery on and on and on, they it's they they don't even look like themselves. No. Lots of times, it's the inside pain yeah. that no one's addressed. Yeah. Hurt. So I've got to erase that old person. Mm. Maybe that will make me feel better. And babies, my loves, my sweethearts out there, wherever you go, you are there. So wherever you go, you go with you. So until the inside is changed, keep that in mind. You'll be spending lots of money. So what you so what you're saying early, I'm gonna love my curves. I'm going to love this, this, and that. There's something sexy. And you'll hear most men say, but I'm speaking out to, to the women, you hear most men say, there is something sexy mm-hmm. about a confident woman. Mm-hmm. There's something sexy about her that she knows who she is and it, she is, and it radiates that she probably knows her own sexual power as well. There's mm-hmm. something powerful about a, a confident woman. Yes. And it ha- and it's not, 
I mean, you and I can probably, this is going off on a, a little bit of a sidebar. You and I could probably do an entire episode about this, but I, you know, I have known women in my life who have undergone gastric bypass surgery twice and still ended up gaining the weight back, right? Because it is, again, if you're not if nothing, if none of the work has happened inside of really understanding, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. It doesn't matter how fit you are. If you are not just embracing who you are and loving who you are as a human being without the shell necessarily, you're just going, you're seeking out a solution that will never be a solution. Kat, I'm going to say this. I did, I did radio for 15 years. So I'll speak in a lot of sound bites. Here's, and I'm glad you said that. So I want the women to remember, it may not be the weight, it may be the way, W-E-I-G-H. Mm. What is weighing on you? Oh, yes. oh, oh my gosh. It may not be the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T that you're trying to lose. Take the T off. It may be what's weighing on you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So many sound bites. What am I going to do, Linda? I don't even know. <laughs> I would love that maybe one day we could do a, a session where a special bonus that you're doing for your audience where yeah. they can come on live and Ooh, ask yeah. questions and I get to read their body language on, on live on the Zoom. I would love, oh my gosh, I would love, love that. I'm sure they would love it too, because it's, I always say this too. So as a matchmaker, you know, I can do everything I can. Right. So I have, I've matched them each of each of each of the, both the match and the client get these pre-coaching interviews with or uh, sessions with me where I'm setting them up, letting them know what to say, what not to say, uh, kind of guiding them. But I, I wish that I had a camera on their date. <laughs> I really do where I could like spy to like watch their body language to see, you know, are they crossing their arms? Are they leaning in? Are, you know, are they covering up parts of their bodies? Like what, what is it, you know, because just like you said, to circle back to the very beginning, the, the signals and the nonverbal is more important when we, when we meet somebody, then really the verbal and what, what people are saying. And, um, I think that that would be incredible to have, to have you, to have you, you know, read somebody's body language, uh, live. Um, so I, my last question is if, I mean, I have so many questions. Okay. How do I even have answer? Uh, what is, what is my last question? Okay. So if I, if someone is single and they're wanting to make sure that they are presenting the best of themselves on a date, what advice would you give to them about what are some nonverbal things that they can do so that when that date ends, that they can walk away and go, what just happened? Who is that person? So one of the things you want to do is to make sure that you keep your power zones open. And when I say power zones, don't have a barrier between you. So for example, if you're sitting at the table and you're distrusting, why is your purse in your lap? 
You see, that's oh, a yeah. barrier. Right. So set up as much as you possibly can to show as much as your upper carriage and lean in and lean in and do the, the authentic head tilt. 72% of the people in the world, when we listen, we kind of like, uh, like it's called tuning an ear. You're like listening with your right ear, if you will. So you're leaning in this way. So just naturally listen, find some, find that treasure, find something great and always add value. So Disney calls it plussing. So when someone brings up a good a suggestion or idea, add to it, don't outdo it, but plus it, if you will. Yeah. And a smile, smile, be kind, you know, uh, be generous in your thoughts, you know, now, and I say that and I say in your thoughts and what you're thinking so that they can see your authentic self. Okay. And show gratitude. So gratitude, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so excited just to have this opportunity with you. I meet hundreds of people all the time, thousands of people throughout the day or throughout the month, but meeting you today was the highlight of my day and be genuine if it is. So yeah. if it's not, so don't tell someone that they have a million dollar smile and they got two little teeth in their head and they can eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. You don't want to do that. Be authentic. <laughs> right. Mean what you say. Mean what you say. Yes. And say what you mean. And say what you mean. Uh, it's, I just recorded a, a little short video um, about this very thing, this real, um, gosh, a couple of weeks ago where it's oh, like, I feel that people are so protected that they're so afraid to even let the person know that they've had a really good time or it is exciting. You know, I'm excited to meet you. And when you walk in, you know, I always have the saying about mutual appreciation, show the person that you appreciate that they're there because they've also, again, circles back to empathy, circles back to really being vulnerable and open and letting the person know that you're excited to meet them because it does put you in a little bit more of a vulnerable state to say your intentions, of course, mean it to your point, but yeah, I show up and say, I'm so excited that we got to meet today or even lend it, end it on a high note where you can tell yes. them how much you appreciate them. So, um, yeah. And I always say eye contact is always important and smiling and, uh, leaning in. And, uh, I always, uh, tell people to greet each other with a hug, not a handshake hug at the beginning of the date. Cause especially if you're there for as a possible romantic interest, it kind of a handshake seems more businessy versus, right. I mean, ask for permission first, because some people are not huggers and that's, but well, I, I always, I, I want to add yes, to that. Yeah. So what you want to do is take their lead. So because, for example, if they come in, if you if you if you are the one that walks in the door and they're already there for you and you go up and, and say it's a man and you start hugging first, sometimes it can send a different message. But if he stands up and gives you a hug, OK, you can honor that. The reason why, what if the person that you're meeting is an introvert and right. you're an extrovert? Right. If you're an introvert and I walk up and hug the person, I just violated their space without right. permission. And right. sometimes extroverts have a tendency to go like this. And Kat, you've seen it. You've seen it in networking meetings when a person will extend their hand and an extrovert will go like this. Oh, I'm a hugger. Whoa. 
and you've seen, and the person that will sit, they will extend their hand because usually introverts will do that. They'll extend their hand because you got to earn the right to be in their space. So what I always do, I always says, you know, so great to meet you. I open up my arms with the palms exposed. So it's letting you know, hey, I'm excited to meet you. I'm leaning in. If they want to come on in, they could come on in because mm. I want to honor their space. I don't right. want think oh my gosh she's just coming in just hugging me like this does she hug other men like this because men I have a different narrative yes so it's yes. something to think about so it's something to think about so you could do the touch even if you shake the hand and you do the touch you could do the hand hug which I normally would say no to politicians because it's also known as the political hug um but you could but but in a date you could do the hand hug you know, put your hand on top of that and then cuff it in together or touch the uh, the forearm or the shoulder. That's a half hug without invading the space. Mm. So think about that because yeah. the third or the person who's not huggy huggy will extend their hand first when you walk in the door. Right, right. If the date goes great, then they may feel comfortable to initiate the hug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just yes. See, you are a huggable person but everybody may not be huggable. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I had to actually learn that for myself, um, after COVID because I would, uh, I am a huge hugger obviously. And so, um, I had to, I had to learn that and reteach that to myself to respect everybody's boundaries. So I, the only time that I ever hug now is I always ask permission first where I'm like, you know, What's are you open to act? I'm going to do a sneak read before we end on, on reading um, uh, uh, Kat's body language a little bit. So let me tell you all the great thing is about Kat. See, remember I said earlier, Kat's a huggable person. She just said she's huggable. One yeah. thing about Kat, she's like a superwoman. She multitasks. She's got a lot of things going on at even, even given time. And she's, she's always determined to win, 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 win in a good way. Mm -hmm. Also, for the person that's in Kat's life, Cat is a sensual person. Very sensual. Look at it. Just a very, very, very sensual. Are you listening, honey? Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very sensual. Very, very sensual. Meaning, because she's sensual, so I hope your honeys listen. Because she's sensual, it can radiate sexual energy. Mm -hmm. And when it when that happens, the a guy could get excited too early in 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 the uh, in the meeting. So those are the great things about cat. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I was gonna, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be selfish and be like, so what did you, what have you picked up about, about my body language? Cause you know, cause we're here on video so we can, right. so we can see right. each other. And so, um, and very, and very, and very self-reliant. So you could work with a team and right could work together, but you're going to get it done. <laughs> you're going to get it true. done. You're going to get it done. This is so true. This is so true. Oh my gosh. Well, I, uh, I don't. I mean, Linda, I don't even want to stop, but, uh, okay. So let's, so will you do me a favor? Will you, um, tell my audience, where can they find you? Tell them about your, tell them about this oh, product absolutely. that you have about date for, to help them date, like all of the things, tell us all the stuff. The easiest thing I want everyone to do. Cause my niece tells me, auntie, you got to tell everybody to follow you on Instagram. You yes. Be in your life. So please follow me at, at Linda Clemens, L I N D A Clemens, C L E M O N S, like the word Linda.
Clemens with a C in front of it. I'm not sour, I'm sweet, okay? So Linda Clemens on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. And there are um, uh, additional information on my Instagram that you can find out about the Mind Valley Body Language for Dating. You will love my course on that. I talk about the wet voice. I talk about some mm. things that Marilyn Monroe and some seductive things. You'll love that. Also have an ebook on there as well and some great things that I'm working on coming up in the future. So if you could pop over there, that would be great. And hopefully Kat and I could do a special yes. session with some of our viewers and our listening audience. I think it'd be great. Oh my gosh. I would absolutely love that. Well, thank you again, Linda. What an incredible honor to have you here yeah, and, to share you, I'm not, <laughs> and to share you with, uh, with my audience. It's been such an honor and such a pleasure. And, um, I can't wait to have you back. So thank you again for your time and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Thank you so much. Best to everyone. Stay healthy and keep on loving. All right, my friend, wasn't that a fantastic interview? Okay, so here's the thing. Listen up. Um, so after we hit, rec after I stopped recording, Linda, and maybe she, I don't know, did she hit this? Maybe she said it on air, but let me just reiterate. If we didn't say it, if we didn't say it on air, if we said it, I couldn't remember if I said it post, during the recording or after the recording. But um, Linda and I were thinking about having an open forum where you can come here on Dear Matchmaker um, and she can read your body language. And uh, how fantastic would that be to help you understand yourself a little bit more of how you present yourself? Because as you, as we were talking a lot on this episode, um, in this interview, that first impressions mean a lot, especially with everything in life, but especially with dating. So if you want her to read you, um, let's do it. So I'm, I'm totally curious if you're listening to this, just shoot me a message cat at the heart agency.com or just send me a DM and let me know, would you be willing to hop on air with here with us here at dear matchmaker and allow her an opportunity to read your body language? Cause why not? So let me know. Let me know your thoughts. Um, and then let me know your thoughts on what she thought about um, her reading me. And just a quick reminder, uh, information is coming out or if it if by the time this recording isn't already out, if you go to theheartagency.com, I have more information about my upcoming retreat, which is coming up in for my single women uh, in spring of 2024. So go to theheartagency.com um, to find out more information about that, to be put on the wait list uh, and more information is to come about that. And uh, yeah. So that's it for today. So thank you so much for coming, uh, for being here with us here on Dear Matchmaker. And just as a quick reminder, if you have not re yet rated or subscribed to the podcast, no matter where you're listening, I would love to have your subscribes because everybody, uh, I know that the more subscribers we have, the more this information is spread far and wide, the more singles that I can help. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and if you're not following me on social media, come to me. Um, you can follow me at Kat Cantrell, both on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok, my friends. I am also over there too. All right. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.